2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Today we're going to talk about the topic, Grace is Simple and Sufficient. Uh, to a lot of people, it might be, hey, we've heard this already before, another salvation message, but you wouldn't, you, would, you can't imagine. Well, you probably can because you, we're, we're saturated with it now. If you listen online, if you go to visit different churches or you listen on the radio, the, the airwaves are saturated with p- different plans of salvation, which is so watered down that it's just totally upright, upright confusing. So the Bible says grace is simple and it's sufficient. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to open your words and, uh, and uh, see, Father, rightly divide and see which one, what, what do we need to do? What, what can we do for salvation, uh, especially for those who haven't trusted in you, dear God? Uh, we pray, Father, that this would be a blessing to everyone and that you would take this message and uh, our gospel track to be, to be a blessing, not just to our community, and, but to our country, hopefully maybe even the whole world. So I pray, Father, that you would help us and only plan, dear God. Uh, help us to only plan on exalting you and nobody else, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Grace is simple and sufficient. Why are we talking about that? Well, it's because it is. Right there. That's our gospel track. Amen. So I want each and every one of us to understand what's in that gospel track. uh, Because I, myself, have been guilty of just picking up some gospel track from a church rack somewhere, passing them out. And then when I finally take the time to read it, it has the wrong doctrine. <laughs> Have you been guilty of that? Whew. So I want you to know what's in, this, what's in this document over here because that's what it's going to be passed out or that's what's printing right now in the press. So it's a trifold. The, uh, the verses are in red, right? And then the explanation and just the... Uh, the uh, expounding of the verses are in black. And uh, there's our address and there's that little QR code in the back that we can scan. Uh, I guess if there are some other churches who, are, who, who want to have a uh, uh, gospel track just like this, just simple, no gimmicks, um, they can contact us and we can change the address in the back and... and, and uh, you know, just speak to one of us and uh, we'll be happy to help you out and get some gospel tracks for you guys as well. Um, and if there's anyone who, uh, especially out there in uh, internet land, who, who gets one of these and uh, you're blessed by it or God willing, get saved out of reading that, amen, because it's not my job to save anyone. It's not your job to save anyone. It's the Holy Spirit's job, praise God. It's the Bible, it's the gospel that does the saving, not us. So if you get, uh, if you get uh, blessed, 
If you're blessed by one of these, praise God for that. We'd appreciate it if you let us know as well so we can pray for you and rejoice with you. But first, we haven't done this in a long time. Let's talk about our review from last week. Amen. Who was here last week? All of us. In spirit and in truth. Amen. <laughs> Preview from la- or review from last week. We were talking about the difference between charity and love in the Bible. Question number one for our review. Agape and phileo are blank. Starts with an S. By the way, it means the same thing. All right. This word means it's the same thing. Synonymous. Amen. Praise God. The rules given by the Greek scholars are faulty. Right? So I gave you an example. If I say I have six eggs and on one hand, and if I say I have half a dozen eggs on the other, am I lying? No. They say the same thing. They're just synonymous. Amen. Number two, the words love and hate, of course, when I say love, other than it being used as this definition for God, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that love it is born of God and knoweth God. He that love it not, knoweth not God for God is love. Other than that definition, the words love and hate are defined by their blank, starts with an S, and their blank, starts with an O. Their subject and their object. Meaning who is doing the loving and what are they loving? Amen? If, if, if we say, I love going to church, praise God for that. But if Hitler comes and stands up and says, I love killing the Jews. Same word, love. But it's different. The, the, uh, the definition, or sorry, the application is different because it's defined by their subject and their object. On the other hand, if we say, I hate people of other races just because they're a, an inferior race, that's wrong. But if we say, I hate sin, that's okay. Amen. By the way, there's verses in the Bible that says God hates wickedness. So it's defined by their subject and their object. Number three, the word C is not is reduced by the devil and the world to simply mean giving to the poor. Charity. And can remember we read that the third verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I give all my belongings, all that I have to the poor, even if I go beyond that and give my all my whole life to the poor and have not charity, I am nothing. How, how wonderful to play on words. The Bible is saying, if I do charity, without charity, I am nothing. Number four, love is an blank, starts with an A, that can be aimed towards any object. Affection, amen? An affection that can be aimed towards any object. Next, so it, like I said earlier, it can be aimed towards something good or it can be aimed towards something bad. And that's why we had that slide here last week. You say you're all about love, big whoop. 
Hitler says that too. What do you love? That's the question. Amen. Charity is love aimed specifically towards the blank of others. Edification. Edification. Amen. True or false? So there's only two answers. Amen. (laughs) All charity is love, but not all love is charity. True. Amen. Just like our example last week, all Coeur d'Alene is in Idaho, but not all Idaho is Coeur d'Alene. See? Praise God for that. I enjoyed that last week. Praise God. Now, we're going to talk about the simplicity and sufficiency of Christ. Our text verse is found in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 3. The Bible says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve... Through his subtlety, very subtle, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The gospel, the, uh, the plan of salvation that God gave us through the Apostle Paul is simple. Question, how can you make the word simplicity more simple? You can't. Simple is simple. Amen? That's deep. You know, in other Bibles, they define, they change that, the NIV and the NASB. You know, they change that to your devotion to Christ. You should be corrupted from your devotion that is in Christ. You mean to say other Bibles are teaching that you have to be devoted to be saved? That's not what the Bible says. It's simple. How can you make it any more simple than that? Amen. The gospel is simple, period. And yet doctors and lawyers and well-educated people, when you say, brother or sir, the Lord Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And all you have to do is trust in that and that you cannot save yourself. So you mean to say, I need to be baptized? No, 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 no. Let me repeat that. (laughs) So you repeat it again. You repeat it. And then they say, so you mean to say I have to pray to receive it? No, no, no. Let me repeat that. It's simple. The definition of simplicity, ladies and gentlemen, is I I, I don't have time to read all of that, but look at this. Weakness or the fifth one, plainness from Webster's 1828. Simplicity noun. Plainness, freedom from subtlety or abstruseness as the simplicity of scriptural doctrine or truth. It's plain. You don't have to graduate from elementary school to understand it. Amen? Look at the last one. Weakness of intellect. Silliness. Godly simplicity in scriptures. Now, I'm just, I'm not saying that's what we're using as the definition of it. I'm just explaining. I'm just Uh, 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 showing from the definition of simplicity that you can't get any more simple than that. Amen. (laughs) Next, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9. And he said unto me, my grace is what? Sufficient. Sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Boy, isn't that true in salvation? Now, I know the, 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 the context of that is talking about 
the Apostle Paul begging God to take away his thorn in the flesh. But think with me for a second. Even if you agree that the gospel is simple, but it's not sufficient for you, then there's a problem. That's why a lot of people say, when you tell them about the gospel, that's why a lot of people say, what? I can't believe that. That's too simple. Because a lot of people, when you read them the gospel, they will agree it's simple. But the question is, is it enough? Is it sufficient for you? The, gospel, the, the definition of the word sufficient, which is an adjective in Webster's 1828, it is Qualified, it is competent, possessing adequate talents or accomplishments. Guess what? The Lord Jesus Christ is more than adequate. The Lord Jesus Christ is more than enough. Amen. Fit, number two, able of competent power or ability. Is the Bible, is the Lord Jesus Christ able to save you? Amen. Right? So, there is no escaping. Friend, There is no escaping. Because of sin, man is on his way to hell. This is the sad truth that makes people... uh, uh, Sorry, the Bible says in uh, Psalm 19 verse 7, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God. There's no going around that. This is the sad truth that causes man to, number one, make excuses about their sin. Number two, make excuses about how their sin isn't that bad. Number three, make excuses about how some other people is worse than they are or are worse than they are. Number four, make excuses on how their good works outweigh their sins. Or number five, or not even, not even want to have anything to do with it. Sorry, friend, there is nothing we can do to change the fact that sin is the cause man is hellbound. Man has to face the truth just like someone who is sick. Man has to face the truth just like someone who is sick with cancer will only face the truth when he finds out about this condition. If you don't know that you're sick, you're not going to take care of that. You're not going to take the medications. You're not going to go to the doctors. You're not going to go to your checkups. Once you know what it is, once you know why it's there, and once you know what it's going to do to you, then that's when people get afraid enough to face that truth. Amen. This is why when man finds... Uh, when. This is why man would work the living daylights of himself when he finds out to A, do good. Do good work, so hopefully the accumulation thereof will be stick it to heaven. B, scourge themselves and have themselves crucified. C, be baptized. D, be faithful. E, speak in tongues. F, deny themselves of certain foods. You know, there are some... Churches who teach that or groups who say, if you eat this, you're going to go to hell or you lose your salvation. G, give money to the church or be a member of it. H, give money to the poor. I, kill infidels. Apart from that, the previous ones are actually not bad things at all. 
Amen? It's not bad to be faithful. It's not bad to give money to the poor. There is one problem, ladies and gentlemen. God already told us in the Bible that, in Ephesians chapter number 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen? I'll tell you this. I have talked to a lot of people. What I'm about to say is not in the gospel tract, okay? I have talked to a lot of people who would quote this verse and in the same breath negate what the, the verse just said. They would say, yeah, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, not of works lest any man should boast, but you still have to pray or you still have to be baptized or you still have to be a member of this and that. God says that we cannot do anything to save ourselves. Some people, groups, and churches insist that it has to be a mixture of faith and some works, but the Bible says that it is either 100% grace or 100% works. It cannot be both. Watch. In Romans chapter number 11, verse 6. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. You know what that just said? You can't have it both ways. It's either 100% grace or 100% works. But it cannot be both. It cannot be 98% grace and then 1% or 2% works. Otherwise, it's no more grace. But God already says, for by grace are you saved, amen, through faith. Others would go further and defend their sinner's prayer, their baptism, their church membership, church contribution, remorse because of sin, and other works of righteousness. But the Bible says no, zero. How many works of righteousness? Zero works of righteousness can save us. Titus chapter number 3, verse 5 and 6. And that's why I made it, I blew it up so, so big. <laughs> Not by works, not just any kind of works. What? What kind of works? Works of righteousness, which we have done. See? So, we're not talking about killing babies to be saved. We're not talking about killing infidels to be saved, like other, other denominations, or not denominations, like the Islams do. Yeah, I'm not scared to say that. Amen. The, and, uh, we're not talking about bad works to be saved. We're talking about works of righteousness. And so people would die for that. People would fight, would grab onto that. Like their baptism or their prayer. They're going to say, but I prayed or but I was baptized or but I did something. But I, I, whatever that is. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, the Bible says. But according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Friend, because of our sin, God, has sent, his, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on, in the cross of Calvary, be buried and rise again on the third day. This is what is called, this is what is called the gospel. Just as Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, 
uh, 16a, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Question? You know, the questions that I ask may seem like insulting sometimes because of how simple they are, because that's the way it is. It's simple. Question, what is the power unto, of God unto salvation? The gospel. Not prayer, not works of righteousness, not baptism. Amen? It's the gospel. Can you get any simpler than that according to the verse? Nope. But people will fight you for that because it's not sufficient for them. It is the power of God unto salvation. Just like what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I, who's that I? That's the Apostle Paul, preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are, what? What are ye saved by? The gospel that the Apostle Paul preached, amen? That was dispensed through the Lord, through the Apostle Paul. Um. And what is it that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures? A lot of people say that they are saved, but they do not know what the gospel of our salvation is. Some think it's the Bible. It's not bad to say that the gospel is the Bible, but that's not exactly right, is it? A lot of people think that the gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's true. It's the synoptic gospel. It's called the synoptic gospels. But the gospel by which we are saved, the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation, is called the gospel of Christ. And it is dispensed through the Apostle Paul to preach to us. And what is that? His death, burial, and resurrection. A lot of people say that they are saved, but they do not know what the gospel of our salvation is. When you ask them what it is, they are unable to answer. The problem with that is this. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 3 to 4 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. There's the sad part. You're not saved just because you say you're saved, amen. There's some tests. There's some, there's some cross-references and cross-examining from the Scripture. I've asked people, I said, Sir, do you know that you're saved? Uh, or are you saved? Are you 100% sure that you're saved? Well, yes, Brother Francis, I am saved. Well, can I ask you what you trusted? Or what, what makes you saved? They'd say, well, I've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my heart and be my personal f- uh, Lord and Savior. What's the problem with that? No mention of the gospel at all. So maybe I would go further just to clarify because I don't want to pass, pass judgment on the, on the person. I go forward and say, well, sir, do you know about, uh, have you, have you uh, heard about the gospel? Well, sure, I know what the gospel is. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. A few months ago, there was a gentleman that came here from Canada and Brother Bill and Miss, uh, Miss Ingrid were here and, and uh, Miss Elaine, you called me about him. Um, and we sat in that table back there and I asked him, Sir, 
What are you putting your trust on uh, so you can say that you're saved? And he said the same thing. I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my heart. Well, that's all good and all, but let me ask you this. Do you know what the, Bible, what the gospel is? And then thankfully, during that time, he did say it's the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says if people don't know what the gospel is, it is hid from them. And if it is hid from them, they are lost. How many times have I seen gospel tracts that does not even say anything about God's, the Lord Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection? Oh, they'll say, A, admit you're a sinner. B, believe Jesus died for you. And C, something, ask him to come, confess your sin. And then accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. Where's the gospel there? If the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that is lost. Continue reading. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. The Bible says, seeing they see not. Hearing they hear not. Can you imagine? What can get blind? The eyes, right? Look at the wordings. He hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Friend, Christ died, was buried, and rose again for us. All we have to do is believe. He did all the hard work, so you don't have to do anything. Amen. He did all the hard things, so that it can be simple for you and me. Amen. Let's go back. Romans 1, 16, for I, a, verse A. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. But how do you receive? How do you receive that gospel? How do you receive that good news? Isn't it by praying, Brother Francis? It says to everyone that prayeth. Everyone that what? Believeth. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, or sorry, Galatians chapter number 1, verse 6 and 7. I marvel. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of God, of Christ, unto another gospel, which is not another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. And we've talked about this before. We even had the mathematical equation. What is the def definition of another gospel? Another gospel, he says, is not another, meaning it is not something obvious like the gospel of Satan or the new gospel. If, God, if, the, if Satan gave you a track, gospel track, which says the gospel of Satan, it's so obvious, right? So you do and throw it away. No, he's going to, he's going to water it down. Take something here, add something there. That's what you call perversion. That's why it is not another. It is the same gospel but with perversions. If a perversion is defined by an adding off or subtracting from to make the original content a little different, then another gospel is the right gospel plus or minus anything else, no matter how good it is. No matter what that anything else is. 
it becomes a perversion. It becomes another gospel. Some people think that another gospel is a totally bizarre gospel. The Bible says that it is another gospel. uh, That this another gospel is not something that is totally different, but just a little perversion of it. A little addition or a little subtraction or a little change here and there. Whatever it's... uh, Whether it's a small addition, like maybe saying a prayer, or a horrible perversion, it still makes it another gospel. Do not be deceived, friend. Just like the hymn writer Augustus Toplady stated in his timeless, that's why we sang it today, amen? I have a hidden agenda. (laughs) Rock of Ages, cleft of me, cleft for me. He says, Quote, not the labor of my hands can fulfill thy lost demands. Could my zeal no respite know? No matter how zealous I am about religion or about the Bible, if I haven't put my full trust in what the Lord Jesus Christ did, it is nothing. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? No matter how much I cry, it's not going to save me. All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. That's that highlighted part over there in the back of our gospel track. Amen. How about it, friend? What would you lose if you abandoned in all trust in yourself? The question is, is the gospel simple? Yes, the Bible says it. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, subtlety that your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The question is, however, is it sufficient for you? My grace is sufficient for thee. Amen. Well, the question is, Brother Francis, how do we receive this gospel? Good question, Miss Maria. <laughs> The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 13, and then after this, one more verse, then we're done. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Watch, watch the built-in dictionary of your King James Bible. Receive, receive. Three times he repeated, or he, two times he repeats it. And then on the third time, he substituted for what the definition is. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. When we receive the word of God, how do you receive it? When somebody says, Brother Cal, you're promoted to a higher job and a better paying job. How do you receive that news? Because that's the definition of, the pure definition of the word gospel is good news, amen? How do you receive that news? Do you say, dear boss, I received this news? No, you believe it, amen? When you receive the word of God, which ye heard of us, you receive it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh in you that what? Believe. What would you lose, friend, if you abandoned all your trust in yourself or anything else and, or, or, or any place? And, sorry, or any place or any church. What would you lose if you abandoned all? all trust in any of them and place your full trust in Christ's finished work for salvation. Nothing. But what would you gain if you did? Eternal life. Trust in Christ now before it is too late. 
No one knows when the day of his death is. It could be today. What about you? What's stopping you from trusting Christ's finished work? Acts 16, 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's it. Anything wrong about that gospel track? That's it. Simple as that. Right? No gimmicks. No tear jerkers. I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying I want it to be as clear and simple as possible. You know what? I preached that message about salvation in uh, an established church, older than this church in Los Angeles, California, established Baptist church. Two of their deacons got saved that Sunday. Time out. Immediately, some people say, oh, What? Really? The deacons? They're deacons and they're not saved? And all of a sudden, there's this stigma. And people who have been in the ministry or people who have been mature or taught off to be mature Christians have this stigma. They're scared to admit that they, want, they, that they need to be saved because of that. Friend, it does not matter who you are, where you're from, where you've been, even if you've been a pastor for 20 years, if you get saved today, we'll rejoice for you. What about all the things I've done? Don't trust in any of that. Never mind all any of that. If you get saved today, we'll rejoice for you. We'll rejoice with you. Just like their Lord rejoices. Amen. Pure, unadulterated gospel. Don't mix anything with it. Don't pervert it. Don't add. Don't subtract. Just trust that that's sufficient for you. And then you will be saved. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your words. I ask that it's clear for everyone within the sound of my voice and those listening on internet land. I pray, Father, that you would Make it as clear as possible, as simple as possible. Well, it is. And I, I don't need to make it any simpler, Father. I can't, actually. There's no way I can make it simpler than that because you did everything to make it simple for us. The question is, is it enough for people? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your gospel. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. In Jesus' name I pray.